are we getting the right information when it comes to fertility awareness, especially when it comes to natural awareness or fertility awareness-based methods? We're going to talk with uh, a returning guest today, Dr. Marguerite Duane, on this very issue. Thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting Faith and Family. You can find out more about them on our website, KFUO. Dot O-R-G. Look for Concordia University, Wisconsin in the sponsor section. Joining me by phone this morning, Dr. Marguerite Duane. She's the executive director of FACTS, that is the Fertility Appreciation Collaborative to Teach the Science. Also adjunct associate professor at Georgetown University. Dr. Duane, welcome back to Faith and Family. Thanks for having me. Good morning. A uh, pleasure to have you with us again on the air. I think our last visit was at the uh, the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetrician and Gynecologist a few years ago. And, uh, and, and, and that was really the first opportunity for me and I think for our listeners to learn about FACTS, Fertility uh, Appreciation Collaborative to Teach the Science and, and uh, Fertility Awareness-Based Methods, FABMs. Uh, Give us an overview of uh, what is fertility awareness, uh, awareness-based methods. Sure. Most people are probably familiar with the term natural family planning or mm-hmm. NFP, and fertility awareness-based methods um, are natural methods of family planning. Uh, as an organization, we use the term fertility awareness-based methods because it highlights that these are methods that women can use to chart their cycle, and they can use it for far more than just family planning. I mean, certainly they can use... Um, fertility awareness-based methods if they're trying to avoid or achieve a pregnancy. But by charting her woman's cycle, she can also use this to simply better monitor her reproductive health. And if there are any issues identified, she can work with clinicians, medical professionals trained in fertility awareness-based methods to truly address some of these underlying reproductive health concerns. So fertility awareness-based methods, like I said, more people are probably familiar with the term uh, natural family planning, but it highlights the broader applications um, of these methods, not only for family planning, but also for women's health. What and there are, are a number, mm-hmm. I should say, there are a number of different FABMs um, available. Um, there are some that simply require observing cervical fluid observations like Billings and Creighton. Uh, there are some that involve marking or observing two signs like the symptothermal method or symptom hormonal methods such as Marquette or FEM. And then there are standardized calendar uh, versions such as the standard days method and or the lactational amenorrhea method. So there are a number of different methods out there. What are misconceptions about fertility awareness-based methods? Well, I think probably the primary misconception is that there is only one fertility awareness-based method out there, i.e. the rhythm method. And in fact, that's not merely a misconception among the general population, but really among the medical profession uh, itself. And that is a large part of the reason why we launched FACTS as an organization. Our mission is to educate future and current healthcare professionals about the different fertility awareness-based methods out there and the science supporting their use and effectiveness rates. So the rhythm method, when it was developed in the 1920s, we're talking almost 90 years ago, at the time was a major scientific advance. But since then, um, since the 1960s, newer methods have been developed based on better science. And so, like I said, one of the primary misconceptions is NFP equals rhythm, when in fact, as I mentioned, there are a number of different fertility awareness-based methods that actually involve women charting daily signs that let her know whether or not she may be fertile today based on her current observations, not on historical or retrospective data. Can you compare the, the older methods with the more recent methods and the, some of the advances that, that make a significant difference in the, uh, the, the success of the newer methods? 
Sure. So as I said, the rhythm method is the one that's probably most familiar to many people. Um, in, it was developed in the 1920s and uh, really brought into wider use in the 1930s. And that involved an algorithm where women would track their cycles for a six-month period, use that retrospective data to try to predict in the future when she may be fertile. With the newer methods, such as the cervical fluid uh, methods, Billings and Creighton, women monitor cervical fluid observations every day to determine whether or not she may be fertile that day using prospective data, looking at her science today. So she's basing this, inf this uh, information on her current signs, not trying to guess on previous cycles. Um, the symptothermal and symptohormonal methods are great because they really provide a nice observable double check with symptothermal, a woman is monitoring not only her cervical fluid, but also her basal body temperature. And when her temperature rises and stays elevated, that's a clear sign that ovulation has occurred. So she can confidently engage in sexual relations without worrying that a pregnancy could occur because she knows that ovulation has already passed. Um, same thing with the symptohormonal method. With the newer uh, standard days method, which is a calendar-based method, this is a method that was actually developed at Georgetown um, at their Institute of Reproductive Health. Um, and I should just say, I do not have an um, appointment with them, nor do I work with them, but I'm very familiar with their work. Um, they actually developed the standard days method for women that have very regular cycles between 26 to 32 days. And they studied this method extensively. Um, and as such, it is considered by the World Health Organization as a modern method. When the rhythm method was developed in the 1920s, we didn't do the kind of research that we do now. And so the rhythm method was never actually tested um, for effectiveness, whereas the newer modern methods do have high-quality research supporting their effectiveness rates. What are the... What are your concerns about, um, or what are the advantages of fertility awareness-based methods over alternatives? Are, do you have concerns about those alternatives, which I would assume are probably more pharmaceutical, pharmaceutically driven? Right. Yeah, certainly. Um, so one of my concerns is, you know, the, the benefit of fertility awareness-based methods is it really teaches women and couples, you know, it really engages the man in the process. It teaches women to understand about her body. It's very empowering. It really is. Um, freeing for women because they have a much better understanding of when they can conceive and when they cannot. And the important thing to note is the World Health Organization recognizes fertility awareness-based methods as the only forms of family planning with no medical side effects. Because these methods recognize and respect the normally functioning reproductive health system of a woman, it does not require the use of any drugs or devices that seek to disrupt, suppress, or destroy um, a part of the woman's reproductive health in order to prevent pregnancy. Rather, women simply work with their body and with knowledge of their body and with their with their spouse to determine whether or not to engage in sexual relations, again, depending on their on their family planning goals. On the other hand, modern forms of birth control, um, whether it's hormonal contraception, such as the pill or the patch, um, long-term reversible contraceptives, which are um, very popular right now, such as implants and IUDs, these methods all require um, a woman to use an, a, a, an artificial hormone or a device that seeks to disrupt or suppress the way her body is normally designed to work. 
And so what is what are the uh, the concerns you have, you know, that that uh, regarding that that disruption of the 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 normal or the natural way the hormones work, the 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 whole system works together? Sure. So I mean again, getting back to the World Health Organization, the World Health Organization actually classifies combination hormonal birth control that is um the pill or the patch um, forms of birth control that contain both artificial estrogen and progesterone, those are classified by the World Health Organization as group one carcinogens due to the recognized increased risk of certain types of cancers in women that use those methods. This includes increased risk of um, breast cancer, cervical cancer, and liver cancer. Many women may not be aware of that, and they may have a family history of um, gynecological cancer such as breast cancer and not recognize that they are placing themselves at at greater risk. In addition, there's an increased risk of blood clots um, as well as um, heart attack and stroke. And while many women think, well, I don't smoke and I'm not over 35, so I'm fine, the reality is is these side effects can still occur in younger women. Um, And so that's a real concern uh, for women that are choosing this. I would say the other concern that I have with regards to fertility awareness-based methods specifically, is that women are not accurately being informed about how these methods work and their real effectiveness rates. And so many women are misled to think that fertility awareness-based methods may not be an option for them because they are, quote-unquote, not nearly as effective, when in fact there is good data showing the effectiveness of fertility awareness-based methods, but this information is not being shared with women. Where would this this information normally be shared that that's that, that's not being shared? Sure. So most medical professionals rely on um, organizations such as the National Institutes of Health or the Centers for Disease Control or on their specialty organizations, whether it's the American Board of Family Medicine or the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. We rely on these organizations for our data, and currently. The data that most doctors refer to when looking at effectiveness rates for natural or fertility awareness-based methods comes from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, And the CDC, as it's more commonly known as to medical professionals, most often reports effectiveness rate or a quote-unquote failure rate of natural methods of 24%, which is flat-out wrong. Um, That 24% failure rate does not actually represent effectiveness rates for individual fertility awareness-based methods. Unfortunately, since this is the information reported by the CDC and most doctors rely on it, they don't delve deeper to see where does this statistic come from. But if I can share with you where it comes from, I will say the CDC quotes this rate based on two large surveys that they have done, the National Survey for Family Growth. These are large surveys that are very well done. I I certainly respect the CDC as an organization and for the work that they do. These surveys are well done, but they fail to accurately represent fertility awareness-based methods for this reason. When they surveyed women, and they they basically did in-person interviews um, in 1995 and 2002 combined of about 18,000 women, they surveyed women about what forms of family planning they were using. Of the 18,000 women, only about 1.7%, so about 300 women, used fertility awareness-based methods or natural methods of family planning. Now, these were all methods combined. Because of the very small numbers of women that were using these methods, the CDC only quotes one combined effectiveness rate for all of the 
fertility awareness-based methods. Now, as I mentioned earlier, cervical mucus methods, symptom thermal methods, standard days method, these, these methods have different mechanisms of action. So even though, or different signs that women would observe, different rules that they would follow depending on um, if they're choosing to avoid pregnancy. So even though these are all natural methods, they work slightly differently. So for the CDC to combine all into one effectiveness rate actually misrepresents the true effectiveness. More importantly, if you dig deeper into the statistics of that small percentage that use fertility awareness-based methods, most reported using some sort of calendar rhythm method. Again, the outdated method from the 1920s and 1930s. Not the current modern methods, Billings, Creighton, Fem, Marquette, Symptothermal, et cetera. Um, and so this 24% rate reflects the experience of a very, very, very small number of women, and it's a combined rate. When I discuss this with my colleagues in the medical profession, I say to them, you wouldn't quote a combined rate for the male condom and the female condom, the diaphragm, and say, well, those are all barrier methods. And so since so few women use the diaphragm and the female condom anymore, we're going to just combine an effectiveness rate with the condom because they're all barrier methods. No, they all work slightly differently. Sure, they're all barrier methods, but the effectiveness rate is not going to be the same. Likewise, even though Billings and Creighton and two-day and standard days and symptothermal are all natural methods, they work differently and certainly are different from the calendar rhythm method. And so it's important that women understand the effectiveness rates for the individual fertility awareness or natural method of family planning that they choose to use. So has, has the CDC taken any action? Have, have they moved toward you know, separating these and reporting the effective rates, effectiveness rates on each of these methods? No, and in fact, they've actually moved a little bit further away from that. So I, I, I mentioned that the 24% effectiveness rate is based on the National Survey for Family Growth done in 1995 and 2002. So we're talking data from 15 to 20 years ago. The CDC has continued to do this National Survey for Family Growth but in the later studies um, from 2006 and 2010, they surveyed even fewer women that were using natural methods of family planning method. And they themselves recognized, because the numbers are so small, they can't quote statistics for these methods. However, that information is not getting out. Instead, it's still being reported that older 24% effectiveness rate from, the, from 1995-2002 studies. So, while they've recognized that it's not accurate to quote a statistic based on a small percentage of women, they're not necessarily reporting effectiveness rates for individual methods. As such, my organization, FACTS, um, in 2013, did look at all of the research published on the effectiveness rates for the different natural methods of family planning or fertility awareness-based methods published since 1980. We did this uh, fairly extensive review, which was published in the Journal of the Osteopathic Family Physician and is available on our website, factsaboutfertility.org. We looked at the effectiveness rates um, for the individual methods, and we identified the highest quality research studies. The good news is, is that for each of the methods, there are at least one or two high-quality research studies that show typical use effectiveness rates of anywhere from 2 to 14% unintended pregnancy rates, which is certainly much, much better than the 24% rate that is quoted by the CDC. And again, the rates that we quote are for the individual methods. So again, even though Billings and Creighton both only require cervical fluid observations, 
the guidelines for using these methods are slightly different. And so we identified the billing studies and report effectiveness rate for billing and identified the Creighton studies and report effectiveness rates for Creighton, as well as for the other fertility awareness-based methods such as Marquette and Symptothermal, et cetera. What if one were to use uh, multiple fertility awareness-based methods? Does that increase the uh, the the fail or the um, uh, effectiveness rate? Right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, not necessarily. And I actually discourage women from trying to use all at once because what happens is each of these methods have been studied based on their um, guidelines. So billing simply has women observe cervical fluid observations. What I, what from my personal experience, what I've discovered in working with patients is that when women start to try to combine different methods, they tend to take the rules that they like from each method and not necessarily all of the rules. So for instance, with the standard days method, it's a calendar, uh, standardized calendar observation method. It's very simple. Women who are trying to avoid pregnancy do not have sexual relations between days 8 and 19. They are not required to observe cervical fluid observations at all. If a woman decides to combine that with the Billings method, which requires cervical fluid uh, observations of cervical fluid sensations, you know, a woman would note when she's having cervical uh, fluid observations. If she notes this on day six or seven and says, well, but according to the standard days, I don't have to wait until day 18, that's going to create some problems. So we recommend choose the method which is of most interest to you, learn the method from a trained instructor. And if you have questions, return to that instructor to try and figure out what you're struggling with. Now, it may be that that method is not the best method for you, but the best part about that is, is there are a number of other methods out there to choose from. So if you realize, well, standard days isn't really working for me because, you know, my cycles end up being a little bit longer than expected, then you might benefit from choosing to use a different method. But we don't necessarily advocate combining different methods um, in hopes to achieve a higher effectiveness rate. To maximize the effectiveness of these methods to avoid pregnancy, we, we tell women you really need three things. You need to learn how to use the method and learn how to use it effectively. You need to be motivated to use the method, and you need to have a partner that's going to be supportive of your use of the method. What can be done to improve a uh awareness. You mentioned earlier that the, the CDC does not report uh, accurate information regarding each of these, but rather lumps them all into one category and reports a 24% failure rate. Right. And so that's partly why we're delighted to be here today to speak to you about. We wanted to share about a petition that FACTS has launched in conjunction with Natural Womanhood. Natural Womanhood is an organization whose mission is to educate women and men about fertility and the various fertility awareness-based methods. And we've launched this petition and encourage people to sign the petition so that we can raise awareness of the fact that this information is out there and it is misleading and it does not allow women to make a truly informed choice. We recognize that the petition is probably not likely to move the CDC necessarily, but if we can raise awareness among the general population that the information your doctor may be quoting may not be the best information that is out there. And I don't necessarily want you to fault your doctor recognize that many of them, we do rely on the CDC. And in most cases, the CDC does provide high quality information. But when it comes to effectiveness rates for individual fertility awareness-based methods, the information reported by the CDC may not necessarily be the most accurate. So. We ask your listeners to please visit the factsaboutfertility.org website where you can link directly to this petition. Please sign the petition, 
share it with your uh, friends via social media and, and um, elsewhere. We also encourage you to search our website for a medical update and share this with your doctors. This medical update provides the information about each of the effectiveness studies that shows the higher quality effectiveness rates for the individual methods. So it's a twofold effort. You know, help us raise awareness and hopefully put pressure on the CDC to reconsider these numbers and talk to your doctors about it. In fact, most doctors feel, well, I don't need to know about fertility awareness-based methods because women aren't using them, women aren't interested in them. What I've discovered is women are interested in using these methods, but they don't talk to their doctors because their doctors discourage them. So we encourage your listeners who may use these methods to be advocates for yourself and be advocates for other women who may be interested in using fertility awareness-based methods. Help educate your healthcare professional so that we can succeed in our mission in making sure that all healthcare professionals are aware of these effective forms of family planning that also can have tremendous benefit for women's health. We have just about two minutes left. You mentioned earlier that to, to implement one of these methods, it's really best to, to be trained by a professional, to go to someone who, who can teach these methods. How do you find someone like that? You know, thinking mainstream, most people go to their physician. They, they end up with a, some sort of pharmaceutical plan and go with that. They go to the, the uh, pharmacy, they get their, their pharmaceutical, and, and they're set. When it comes to education, we're not as likely to get on board with that. How do you find someone uh, to, to help you learn about these methods? Right. Yeah, I would say in most instances, you do not necessarily want to ask your doctor about how to find a teacher because, again, most physicians and, and nurse practitioners may not be aware. I will tell you again on our factsaboutfertility.org website under resources, we have a link for helpful links. And these links link to teachers for each of the methods. Um, that teach these methods based on the evidence-based guidelines. So if you go to factsaboutfertility.org, go to resources and click on helpful links, you can find links to different teachers. Uh, the Natural Womanhood website also has a quiz that women can take to help figure out which method may be best um, for them. And I will say that FACTS is gonna be conducting a research study this year to develop a shared decision-making tool for clinicians to use with patients to help women decide which of these methods may be right for them. Very good. Dr. Marguerite Duane, she's the Executive Director of FACTS, Fertility Appreciate, Appreciation Collaborative to Teach the Science, Adjunct Associate Professor at Georgetown. Dr. Duane, thank you so much for sharing with us today about this and your website as well, factsaboutfertility.org. Great. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Thank you. You as well. Coming up in just a little bit, had a chance to sit in studio with Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. He's pastor of Zion Lutheran Church in Gwinner, North Dakota. Frequent guest here on Worldwide KFUO, particularly his time and uh, Cross Defense. Author of Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up? Spent some time talking with him today about his new book from Concordia Publishing House, taking a look at Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up? 12 False Christs. Hope you can stick around for that coming up in just a little bit right here on The Messenger of Good News Worldwide. KFUO. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. 
CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.